you came from heaven above. <laughs> you really did. <laughs> Yay. I'm not even kidding. I love it. <laughs> Welcome to The Bee's Knees, a podcast full of articles, interviews, clinical studies, and advice about knee surgery, physical therapy, and life after knee surgery. Hi, this is PJ from the Bees Knees Podcast. Well, good for you. You found a great interview, a very useful interview with Maria from Florida. Maria is wonderful. She's bubbly. She's uh, tackling life. She's on top of things. She's organized. And she uh, shares her story today about a knee surgery, a knee replacement, and a challenge, and then an ultimate recovery from that procedure uh, to the point where she's back in many ways, in most ways, she's back to her life just as she had expected, uh, even though there was a, a hitch along the way, a bump in the road. So let's listen to my interview with Maria. You'll love it. You'll love her. She's awesome. And um, in fact, this is one of my favorite interviews that we've done so far. All right. Well, this is PJ. I am really happy to be here with Maria on the Bees Knees podcast. Maria, have you done any podcasts? before. Hi, PJ. First of all, I just want to thank you for asking me to appear on this podcast and to tell my story. It is my absolute pleasure. And no, this is my very first time ever. <laughs> so I'm a little nervous. <laughs> no, so I was trying to get to that. Don't be nervous. It's just a fun <laughs> conversation. So I was born in Cuba, in Havana to be exact. Um, but I left when I was a year old. I lived in Europe and in the Caribbean and then moved to Miami at the age of five where I grew up. I'm fully fluent in Spanish. I've lived here all my life, and I went to college here. I went to Florida International University. I studied psychology and political science. Um, then I became a paralegal, um, married an attorney, um, and got divorced about four years ago. Um, but I was always an active and athletic um, kid, adolescent, uh, teen, young adult. Um, and although it wasn't my major in college, I was on the modern dance team in college, and since I live here in Miami and we're so close to the water, I love any and all forms of water activities. So we love to go swimming, boating, snorkeling, kayaking, you name it. Um, and also during my marriage, my ex and I um, frequently went skiing. And believe it or not, Miami has a pretty big ski club, <laughs> believe it or not. Um, and I've also always enjoyed um, biking, CrossFit boot camp, and some running. So I'm a mother. Um, I am now a single mother of one fabulous 21-year-old daughter uh, who is the apple of my eye. All right. Well, how about your knees then? Let's talk about your, your knee history uh, so we can get uh, some background there. So about 15 years ago, I tore my meniscus in my right knee, and I had to have arthroscopic surgery, um, so it got cleaned out. Um, no one, unfortunately, ever explained to me that this surgery could ultimately have repercussions as I got older and continued an active lifestyle and so on and so forth. Um, after my pregnancy, I gained a pretty significant amount of weight, which I then lost most of it, thankfully. Um, and as a result of, you know, the weight loss and training and stuff, I started running 5Ks, which was my first time ever really um, jumping into it and running a 5K. Um, I always danced, and that was always my passion. The first few years after the, the meniscus knee surgery were pretty okay, and I felt pretty good. But then as the time wore on, um, my knee would start to swell up, and it started causing me tremendous trouble, um, especially in the last, probably I'd say in the last 
five to six years. Um, it seemed to always be in pain. I became a regular at my orthopedic doctor's office. Um, they prescribed therapies, and I had cortisone shots, and I was icing my knees, stretching it, doing yoga, you name it. Um, then you kept getting worse and worse, unfortunately, and the cortisone shots weren't helping or lasting as long as they used to. Um, and about three years ago, through my, um, my current job, um, I ran a 5K and practically blew my knee out toward the end of it. Um, and um, I said, I can't do this anymore, but it was very, very sad for me. So I went to go see, um, you know, my, again, the orthopedic doctor, and I went to a couple of opinions because everybody kept telling me you will ultimately need total knee replacement surgery, but right now it's elective surgery. You don't really need that. Um, and then I finally met Dr. my current surgeon, Dr. Carlos Alvarado. He gave me my third and final opinion. He ordered an MRI, and when he got the results, he was shocked to see that not only was I completely bone on bone, um, but I had also torn my ACL and my MCL. He was actually the one that told me, at, you know, at the end of the day, he says, this is no longer elective surgery for you. You've got to get this done. The sooner, the better. Otherwise, you're gonna, I'm going to see you in a walker, possibly a wheelchair. You're going to possibly overcompensate with the other knee, and then you'll be even worse shape than you already are. And that was um, kind of devastating to me. Uh, this is a 15-year journey, really, from when you first tore that meniscus all the way to the point where it became, again, not elective but necessary. Correct. What was the um, original tear? How did you do that? Um, I think it was just from from just being overactive and, and always doing it. I'm sure I probably did some CrossFit or boot camp or something and landed wrong on my knee. Um, meniscus tears are, are not as uncommon as I, you know, would have thought after I did some research and stuff. And I've, I have many friends that have torn their meniscus either skiing or playing soccer or um, just doing some sort of, of active sport and dancing. I mean, I, you know, I never really stopped. So God only knows what I did. <laughs> I, you know, I, in college, I severely twisted my ankle where I needed crutches for a few days. I still feel it, you know. Oh, my gosh. Plus 35 years later, you know. It was, it was healed. It was fine. I, was, I can run and jog, and it's been fine. But I still know that my left ankle was, you know, those, those things have repercussions. And when I first went to my doctor and said, hey, I, you know, my right knee is really, really, really bothering me, you know, smart smart guy that he is, originally, this was 15 years ago, he said to me, ah, it's just arthritis. And um, when, when they did the MRI, he called me and says, oh, my God, you tore your meniscus. I'm so sorry. <laughs> so it wasn't arthritis. It was a meniscus tear. So, and then, you know, he's like, just get this done, and you'll be better, and you'll be fine. So, so. this is the part where we have this major endorsement in our interview, because you love Dr. Alvarado, right? He's your hero. I love, awesome. he's my guardian Tell angel. <laughs> Tell us about how great he is and why he's so great. He, uh, I found him through a mutual um, doctor friend of mine who advised me to see him because I had received those two other opinions that said, eh, you can wait. And, um, you know, he, he of course, uh, scheduled the, M the MRI and so on and so forth and basically said, listen, you can't wait anymore. Um, he's a young, extremely knowledgeable, and very well-schooled, um, doctor um, in the latest technology in um, total knee replacement. 
has great bedside manner. He's a brilliant surgeon. His staff is wonderful. And um, I was very, very pleased with the surgery. Um, my surgery was state-of-the-art. I literally um, was up and walking that night of my surgery. Um, you know, of course, I'm still on a beta blocker, so the pain hasn't quite hit me yet. Um, but I'm swollen, and um, I've got a lot of, you know, fluid and, and very, uh, a very, very big knee at this point. Um, the very next morning, he actually came in to see me, and he was joking with me because he said, you know, because I had been so active, I guess, through so many years and and so forth, he said that I, he joked with me that I, I broke his blade, uh, the blade of his saw during the surgery. <laughs> at that point, you don't really want to hear saws on your knee no, bones, but... No. Yeah, but but it was kind of a comical thing. He says, you know, I don't mean to be sexist, but usually I see that I'll see that in a man, not in a woman. So I said, great. So I don't have any any issues with you know bone density or anything. He says, no, you're you're pretty okay. Um, but he's got again great bedside manner. He's really funny. He's great doctor. Um, and because he's young, he's really in tune with what you know everybody's doing nowadays and wants to make sure we get back up and and walking again. Get us. Get us active again. So I'm looking at uh, the, the devilishly handsome Dr. Alvarado right now oh, yes. on the internet. <laughs> and um, <laughs> he's handsome too. Yes. Yes. All the yeah, everyone out there gets in. Um, and he's, he's married, very married, but oh, that's okay. <laughs> I know. <laughs> that would have been good for business if you were a single, handsome doctor in Miami. Um, but, I would have um, already been there. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> Not gonna lie. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, Baptist Health South Florida, Baptist Health Medical Group. Okay. Yes. Dr. Alvarado, great. Well, that's cool. Um, well, now, so you ended up using RX-10 machine also. How, how did you end up there? Well, tell us that story. Um, I was physically in need of the surgery. However, I was not mentally prepared for what I was about to endure. Nobody really, really, really mentally prepares you for it, and unless they've actually been through it, they really can't tell you what you're, the reality of what you're going to experience. I mean, therapists will tell you, oh, you got to do this, you got to do that, and the doctors will tell you, but unless you really have physically been there, it's very, very difficult to even imagine. Um, so this, for me, was very life-changing. I've had surgeries in the past, and I've always been able to just bounce right back. This was a very, very, very different experience. Um, the good thing is that, and the one thing that kept me going is that every body, body, and every one heals and recovers differently. So maybe, you know, somebody did it at two weeks and it took somebody else four months to do it. Um, you have to keep that in mind. With that said, um, they want you at the very beginning, you know, within your first eight, um, four to six weeks, they want you to get to your 90-degree flexion. I got to it very painfully, and I sweated every minute of my therapy. My extension wasn't much better um, because I was at negative 8 to negative 11, and they wanted me at zero. I was going to therapy three times a week, an hour each therapy, um, and I was going, I went, for the, I took five weeks off from work, so for the five weeks, I took advantage of my therapy as much as possible, and I really, really did the work. Um, so I hit the 90-degree mark within, like, the third fourth week or so, and then I got to about 113, and I seemed to linger there a lot longer than my therapist wanted me to. Um, the protocol is they want patients at 120 degrees flexion and zero extension between six and eight weeks. 
Um, otherwise, then they get into this dreaded manipulation under anesthesia, MUA is what they call it, um, and that would be the next step that they kind of start telling you, listen, if you're not at 120 degrees by six to eight weeks, this is what's going to happen. The word freaked me out. Um, so, of course, I had to do my therapy. Um, and, you know, my, and although my therapist wasn't telling me I had to do it, she was kind of letting me know, listen, if, if you don't get there, this is what's going to happen. And the reason they do that is because your scar tissue starts to um, get harder and harder, and it, it makes it much more difficult for you to be able to reach your end ranges. Um, I was very, very, very tight. It was hard for me to walk. I was in a lot of pain. And for those who don't know what an MUA is, is basically they put you under anesthesia and they they crack your knee um, to the 120 degrees. And when you wake up from your anesthesia, you are, you know, with the exception of having a new scar, which you don't have, you're basically starting over almost from ground zero again with the pain, the swelling, the therapies. You're, you're basically starting over. Um, and that freaked me out because I had come so far and I had been in so much pain that I, I couldn't even I couldn't even fathom having to start over again. Not when I've already come, you know, six six to eight weeks later. I'm like, this I can't do this. I can't do this. Um, I went to go see my doctor at the four week mark, and he says, you know, I expect you to be gumby. And I said, well, I'm neither green nor made of clay, but you know, he's like, you're one of my youngest patients. I have very high expectations of you. You've been in good physical shape. You know, you can do this. And of course, I knew where that was headed. That meant if you don't get to your end range we're going to have to do the MUA. And that that was not an option for me. <laughs> in my mind, I was like, there's no way I'm going to do this. No way. Let me interrupt one second. Do you mind sure. sharing your age? How old are you? I'm 54 years old. 54. And he's one of your youngest patients. And Correct. What's, inter- what's interesting, Let me. I wanted to intervene rudely into your conversation. Not at all. Thing, um, because... We have seen younger patients and younger female patients have more trouble. Uh, so he had high expectations for you, and I think that's based upon your level of activity and how athletic you've been, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, when I hear a younger woman like you who is having a tougher recovery, it never surprises me because we see so many that are, you know, in your category, let's call it, you know, who are, are struggling. So anyways, okay. it, I just... It's just—it's interesting that he he saw you as his his star in the making in terms of recovery, and um, I I, I'm, I was not surprised when I think when we spoke. Right, and 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 I have to tell you, I mean, I I I left that my last therapy session, which was the day before I went to see him um, for my four week um, or four week five week appointment. I left my therapy session crying. Um, I think I got home and probably I probably easily finished a bottle of wine just because I was so depressed that night. Um, saw him the next day and and he again he has great bedside manner he's wonderful but he had very high expectations as well and I was darned if I you know could they did tell me that the younger you are and this may be one explanation the younger you are the more scar tissue you tend to develop older patients is my understanding is they don't get as much scar tissue and that's why. Maybe somebody like in their 70s or 80s doesn't have as much um, of the resistance or the the uh, pressure that I felt to bend my knee um, as a result. And um, and I guess it's because we're still producing collagen, and the collagen as you heal, um, you know, it, it just get it, it gets. I felt like 
if you can visualize a really, really, really thick rubber band, and you're trying to put that rubber band around 500, like a 500-page ream of, of paper, and every time you pull on it, it just snaps back. That's what my knee felt like, the whole front of my knee, like my kneecap area, right where the incision is. I, I could, every time I tried to bend it, it would just snap right back. It was so painful, and I had so much pressure, and I was, and I, I was, I'm not gonna lie, I was depressed, and I am not a depressive person. I am one of the most upbeat people you ever meet, but I was in a really, really bad headspace. Um, so I knew I had to do something. I can tell, based upon our chat in the past and this call, that you know you're tackling life and making the most of it, and here you are. Disappointing your surgeon a little bit. You're mad. It's it's a bad space to be in. And, you know, with all the hopes and expectations that anybody has going into this surgery, one or two knees, there you are feeling like, you know, you're stuck. And, and I, I, I can totally sympathize. Right. Uh, and at that so point, I didn't see a way out. <laughs> I couldn't see a way well, out. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's a little because because you're doing the, the doctor is, well, except for the manipulation, the doctor and the PT, they're playing their cards now. They're you're in good PT, you're doing it multiple times a week, you're doing work at home, you know, you're, you're, you're doing what you're supposed to do, and yet you're still in this, this iffy category in between, you know. Correct. You, Correct. You know. I was following all doctor's orders. I was, I was listening to everybody. I was listening to my therapist, doing everything I was supposed to do at therapy, at home, um, and, and I just wasn't really seeing a lot of, a lot of basically movement going forward. I wasn't seeing you know, the end result that I, I wanted, that they wanted, that everybody was expecting of me. You are, you, you come across us somehow. Tell us, tell us that, that part of the story. Absolutely. Um, while I started doing my research, I, I've always, you know, my career, I've always done research. So, um, and I like to know how things work. So I, I started doing my research on MUAs and, and, you know, what options I had. And, you know, the X10 machine kept popping up in my searches and kept popping up. And I said, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to book a call. And I booked the call, and I spoke to you. And um, yeah, I think you're the developer son, which was even awesome because you had a lot of insight and information. I was in a bad headspace at that point. I was depressed. And I had so many questions and so many concerns, and you were amazing. You took the time very patiently to talk to me and basically talk me off the ledge, if you will. Um, you put me at ease. Um, you were, again, very patient, very comforting. And you explained exactly what the machine did, how it worked, how relatively, you know, little pain and discomfort I would feel, which I didn't believe, of course. But I didn't, I didn't know what to believe at that point. I just wanted to get better. Um, so I really needed to get to my next, you know, my end range before my next appointment. Um, I was really, really terrified of, of going under. And, and then to make matters worse, during that period of time, I actually had about six mutual friends of friends. So everybody around me was getting knee surgery either the month before or the month after. Within, I had so many people that I knew all of a sudden getting knee surgery. And two of them ended having to get manipulations, which, of course, is like, wait a minute. I read that the odds are, you know, out of 100 patients, three get it. And here I, I know three or two people that are getting it and 10 people that just had the surgery. So... I was really, again, in a bad headspace because my odds were getting, uh, you know, narrower and narrower, narrower. So I, uh, I, I got all the documentation, all the literature that you sent me that I downloaded online, went to my appointment to see my doctor, told him about the machine, 
um, what it could do, what it promised to do, the technology involved. Um, the the the, um, the consent form that you sent me was so well laid out when he read it that he's like, wow, this sounds amazing. He hadn't really heard about your machine, but of course he wants to hear all about it, and I have my appointment with him, as a matter of fact, next week since that last appointment. So he hasn't seen me um, probably in about four weeks. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm very excited. And um, he gave me his blessing, and a he signed the medical consent. However, he had one caveat, and the caveat was that I continue doing my traditional therapy and supplement it with the machine. So I said, deal. And that's exactly what I did. <laughs> that's great. That's great. And, you know, we, when we talk about the, the X10 and can, can I, should I continue my regular PT, oftentimes the answer is yes, as long as they're not, you know, overly pushing, being too aggressive. How did it, well, tell us more. How did it work when you were doing the, the traditional PT and the X10, what, what did that all, how did that all work out? So I continued doing, at that point I had gone back to work. I, I took my five weeks off and I went back to work. So I was already working um, and then I was taking, I, I had to reduce my therapy days from three days a week to two because of my work schedule. But I continued doing my therapies and I continued working with the machine. Um, the machine was delivered to me um, probably a couple of days after you and I um, spoke and we submitted the paperwork and the doctor's um, consent and everything. So I was diligently doing the machine um, as I was supposed to do three times a day, seven days a week. I really worked hard, PJ. I really, really, you know, worked really hard to get to where I am today. Um, on the days that I had therapy, um, which was twice a week, I would do the machine either once or twice depending on how I felt. I'm not going to lie. Every single time I left therapy... I was even tighter than I was when I walked in. I had to ice my knee. Um, I was I was physically in a lot of pain. And I even remember telling my therapist, I walk into therapy and limp out because I could at that point, you know, you don't see your therapist but maybe twice a week, so maybe every three to four days in between. And when you see the therapist, you know, you do all your stuff and at the end they lay you down on your on the therapy bed to start moving and manipulating and bending your knee. By the time I got to the stomach part and she's, you know, bending it back to get the, um, the flexion in there to get that, that um, 120 degree, the end range, um, at that point, I mean, I've literally, I've got tears streaming down my eyes. I'm in so much pain. I'm trying to tap out. I'm bracing myself. I'm holding on for dear life. And she's just going, I'm sorry. I've got to do it. And, you know, so I only see her like every three or four days. And so you can imagine I'm, before the machine came, imagine how difficult that was. And then they're, you know, bending your leg, and you're like, I, I can't bend. So um, I, was, I started doing the machine probably 30 to 45 minutes a day. Um, earlier in the morning, I would have a little bit more time. I'd just wake up a little bit earlier or right before bed. I'd go to bed a little bit later. Um, and I kept pushing myself. So I, the machine is actually super easy to use, in my opinion. Um, and I push myself, and sometimes I push myself a little bit harder on the days I didn't have therapy. So I would push myself, maybe, you know, try to hit 5, 10 or more degrees per session um, to try to get that end range as quickly as possible. I didn't mention to my therapist initially about the machine because um, I didn't know how she would react. But And when I did mention it to her, she's funny because she says, you know, I've heard of those passive action machines. They've been around for decades, but they don't seem to be very effective. And she says, you better not quit your therapy. And I said, no, no, don't worry. That was the deal that I made with the doctor. I'm not quitting the therapy. However, 
you know, and then I, I had, at that point, I felt as though I had done so much research on the X10 that I, you know, and I told her all about its advanced technology, the features, how it strengthened the muscles and helped to break up the scar tissue. Um, I just felt so comfortable that I could make an, a valid argument in its favor um, that I was like, you know what, this is state-of-the-art. Um, it's amazing. It's got so many added features and lots of stuff built in, and it'll speed up my recovery process. And she, I think she was a little hesitant, but she's like, whatever. The skepticism kicked in, but I didn't care. So I was still doing my therapy, but I was also using the machine. Tell us in all honesty about the level of pain in PT as compared to the X10. We talk a lot about trying to minimize pain on the machine. Um, were you successful in limiting the pain on the X10, or, or did it turn out to be super painful also? No. Um, I'm, I'm glad that you asked that. One of the best features for me, one of the best features that the machine has is that, and it has amazing features, don't get me wrong, because it does so much. But for me, one of the best things was that when you get to within your 10-degree range that you've preset, um, your end range, whether it's going up or down, it will slow down to give you that final push. When it slows down and you feel it, even if you're not looking, there were times I was reading or I was talking to somebody, and the minute that it slowed down, I could feel it. And then I could brace myself. I literally would hold on to the sides of the chair and just brace myself. And there were days at the beginning it was more painful, but as I used the machine, I went on more and more. It was just like, hey, this is pretty cool. I could do this, which is the main reason why I kept pushing myself because I said, well, I'm really not experiencing this horrific pain that I feel with the therapy, so let me push myself a little bit more. Um, and, and there were, you know, times that I, I felt a little bit more discomfort, never, ever, ever to the degree where I do in therapy, ever. Um, and, you know, so with that said, it, the machine, it also senses how much pressure it needs to get you to the next range, whether you've preset it or it wants to get you to that point. Because um, you can, in the middle of your, your sessions, you can say, you know what, I hit 113 degrees, I want to go to 120, or I want to go to 125, and you can keep pushing yourself. It senses the amount of pressure that it needs to get you there. So it will, on its own, slow down or stop where it feels you've, you know, you've come far enough. What I did notice is that the more you move the joint up and down, the looser it becomes. So as a result, as I was going up or down, and, and you know, mostly it was, it was in the flexion going down, the bend, um, that's really where I had the most trouble, not so much the extension. It would, it would get to that point where it would say, all right, the machine itself would say, okay, I'm going to get you here, but, you know, it's going to take maybe three times up and down to get you there. And it ultimately would, as opposed to the therapist just kind of grabbing your leg and pushing you. Um, so it was, it was so comfortable. I have to tell you, it was so comfortable. Um, and, and, and if I ever felt any discomfort, the best part about the machine is I could stop it at any time. I mean, I was in control of it, um, which is really great. But that's another reason why I keep saying you've got to push yourself. Um, so you, you kind of, it's kind of like when you go to the gym and, the, you know, the, 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 um, the trainer says no pain, no gain. Um, but I can honestly tell you on the level of pain from therapy to the machine, it's night and day. I never felt anything more than just, you know, some tugging or pulling or some discomfort, which I expected to feel because I'm trying to get my knee to the next level, and it's necessary. We published within the last uh, three or four podcasts, within the last month, an article about protective muscle guarding. Did you happen to see that? 
Did you read that one? I, I did not. I did not see that article. No, I'm sorry. Okay. Oh no, no. Uh, but but you described it really well in that um, that is when uh, a person, a physical therapist, is pushing you, and you tighten up, and you kind of resist. You protect yourself, and it's a it's a reflex action that the body has to, uh, you know, potential pain. Right? It senses. It, it's a protective measure to stabilize okay. the area, and when you're in charge of your own therapy, the idea with the X10 is that you're not going to have to fight uh, an outside force pushing you too far that isn't under your control. So you're in, ch in charge, that means that you're not going to hurt yourself. You may push yourself a little bit like you did, but you're not going to like boom, 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 I'm going to hit that button a bunch of times and just go for it. You never would do that. And so you Correct. kind of, so I, I guess, was that does that sound relevant to you? Did you trust the machine? Did you fear absolutely. the machine? Absolutely. And in fact, what I said earlier was one of my favorite features was that as the machine got to within that 10 degrees of your preset end range in either direction, it would slow down. And right. that is that mental, what you just talked about, exactly what you just talked about, it's that mental, oh, crap, pardon my friend, I need to brace myself because this is the next push that I'm going for. And you do want to keep pushing yourself, but it, it prepares you so that, you know, it isn't the therapist coming and just bending your knee. This is the machine saying, I'm going to get you there, so just, you know, hang on, hang on. If I ever felt any discomfort, I knew that I could stop it. And that was the beauty of it as well. Um, and at the same time, I would say, you know what, if I don't get to the next level, I'm never going to progress, so I would let it go. Um, I started using the machine at about six weeks. And I know you and I had talked about that. After the, the first few sessions, I have to honestly tell you, my therapy, my traditional therapy got easier and far less painful. My swelling started to go down. Um, and the therapist started to notice it. She knew at this point, she would ask me, are you using the machine? I'm like, yep. She started noticing. She says, the bending is getting so much easier for me to do. So that to me was number one. That was just... If nothing else, that was, as far as I'm concerned for you guys, that was icing on the cake for me. I'm like, my therapist is telling me she's feeling it anatomically in my knee. The swelling and the inflammation has started going down. I could see it. She could see it. She could feel it. She felt the muscles starting to wake up. She felt the scar tissue starting to break down. She could feel it when she touched my knee and would manipulate it. Even when she was massaging it, she told me, she says, I could feel a huge difference in your knee joint and the surrounding tissues. She was so impressed with it that I have to tell you, I was, I was thrilled. Now she's telling me, you know, whatever you're doing, keep doing it. This is amazing. And by the eighth week, so only about two weeks after doing the machine, you know, I, had, I felt a remarkable improvement overall in my mobility, my strength, and my flexibility. And I made my end ranges. I hit the 120 and more. I was at 130, actually. Um, by the, the eighth, you know, the, so two weeks after the machine, by the eighth week. Um, and I never really felt more than some discomfort during the entire process. That, for me, was huge, huge. Well, the numbers are ridiculous. I mean, it, it looks like it's 40, 45 degrees gain in mm -hmm. the end. I mean, that's yeah. in two weeks. In now, two weeks. I just wanted to say... That doesn't always happen. <laughs> you, it, we, we have all kinds of challenges, and sometimes it takes two and a half, three weeks, and sometimes the, the, the people's bodies don't let them 
go to 130, but it really is amazing. You know, you, you were you were in the end in exactly the right spot for for us to step in and help you. You know, you were hitting hitting you know, limits. Uh, it wasn't too late. It wasn't three months post-surgery. It was six weeks post-surgery. You really hit this right, Maria. You came from heaven above. <laughs> you really did. <laughs> Yay. I'm not even kidding. I love it. <laughs> well, I'll I tell you all about and, heaven. God answered my prayers with you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Um, you were coached by Trisha. Well, how, how did you guys work together? How did that work? So you guys um, sent – you guys have a great team, by the way. Not only you, but Dave and Trisha. I mean, you guys are amazing. So, yes, I, I was assigned Trisha, my X10 coach. Um, she's the coach, a virtual therapist, and a Zumba instructor. She is amazing, and she's got an amazing personality. She and I spoke, and from that, you know, that point on, she, she explained a lot of things to me, went over a lot of things, more features that the machine could do like strengthening, you know, hamstring muscle and glutes and, and, um, and calf muscles and stuff like that. Um, and, and I was already doing that in therapy, so this was kind of an – some people, I guess, don't get that in therapy, so, or maybe they need more of that. So this was kind of like an addition to. And it was, again, just great to know the machine has so many features. From that point on that we spoke, she and I would text, um, maybe not on a daily basis, but very, very frequently – um, she was a huge burst of energy and super positive, inspirational. There were days that, you know, I had that quit feeling sorry for yourself, and she would give me that quit feeling sorry for yourself speech that I so desperately needed, um, because especially at the beginning, I was, again, I was in a really bad headspace. Um, but another thing the machine does is it, re, you know, it has the readings, and they're recorded and automatically sent to her for monitoring. And I can't tell you how many times I would be, you know, at dinner with a friend or hanging out with my daughter watching TV, and I'd get this spontaneous text out of the blue cheering me on with these emojis, you know, you got this, you go, girl. And I'm like, what is that? And it's Trisha sending me these really fun, inspirational, amazing texts to let me know that, hey, you're doing a good job, keep it up. And you really need that at that point, especially when, you know, nobody else is giving it to you. You know, you just you just need to know that, it's okay, and you're going to be okay. Um, she was my biggest cheerleader, my biggest motivator. She kept me grounded and hopeful, and she always, always brought a huge smile to my face. And I got to tell you, I'm, I'm blessed with your whole entire team. So you guys are awesome. Well, we love, we love working with patients. We, I know Trisha's. We talked a lot about you, and and she enjoyed the the. It was a mutual uh, fun experience. There's a. It's a weird thing when you're working with somebody on uh, something as important and scary as a recovery from a big surgery, and we have this marvelous tool, and you bond over it, and you, you kind of become a team like you guys did. So Yeah, absolutely. And, and when I finally met her, we just hugged. <laughs> we just hugged and hugged. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's so cool. All right, so what, where are we now? in this recovery uh it's been how many weeks and how are you doing my surgery was on april the 3rd and i just last wednesday was my um 12 week post-surgery um time frame um i have to tell you i am beyond thrilled about two weeks ago i was officially discharged from therapy so my my physical therapist broke up with me that's what i keep telling her i go you broke up with me 
she says that I was off the charts and I had exceeded all the milestones that were set for, you know, a total knee replacement surgery patient. Um, I, so I did a total of 26 therapies in about 11 weeks. She was beyond thrilled. She's like, you don't need me anymore. <laughs> um, I'm walking without a limp. I'm dancing again. I take public transportation to get to and from work. So I take the Metro here in Miami. And it, it, as a result, I walk anywhere from three to four miles a day just commuting to work. Um, I also have to go up and down escalators every day. There are many times the escalators are broken, so I end up having to walk up and down the stairs. And as, as careful as I am, and I go very slow and very carefully, I can do it. I can do it. Um, the therapist started transitioning me at about eight weeks to um, doing gym work, to, you know, getting me ready for the, with gym equipment to go back to the gym. And um, by the end, um, so a couple weeks ago, she had me doing the leg extensions and leg presses and my surgical leg at 60 pounds. I was doing leg curls at 45, um, doing about 20 minutes on the stationary bicycle with a, the seat has been reduced like five levels now with a high resistance. And I'm using the uh, elliptical machine and I'm doing wall squats with a medicine ball on my heels and the balls of my feet. So I'm doing squats again. I didn't think I'd do squats for at least a year. Um, I also got cleared to do aquatic exercises. So, you know, I have, I, I'm not going to say I have bad days anymore. I have more challenging days, but they're all really good days now. And my pain level is, mm, I'd say, two to three on a bad day, where it was nine to ten before. And I feel, I just feel my, my knee just feels looser. I still have trouble you know, bending at 130 degrees on its own, you know, passive motion. I do have to kind of pull and stuff like that, but it's only been three months, so I know I still have a long way to go. You do uh, to the point, because there's a moment where you're like, which, which knee was it? Was it the right, My right knee? Like, like the, 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 I know, but I mean, you may... Oh, oh, oh I'm hope, sorry, yes. Right? Get to that place where like, I, I know I have... Did I have a knee replacement? It's not quite that silly. but I'm but, not there know, yet, but I did no, hear. I right. have heard that. I have heard that. <laughs> yeah. I have heard yeah. that will happen. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> yeah, well, right. And that's not three months post-surgery. No, no. But you are, if there's a picture, well, it, the perfect recovery involves you just, boom, doing it without any, you know, maybe the X10 was the first two weeks and you were, but, but you are a picture of a highly successful recovery even if you had a little bump along the way and we helped you, we intervened with a little, little two week intervention with the X10. And, but wow. I mean, it's amazing. The report, I didn't actually know um, how well you are doing with all the strength work and the bike. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're really hitting it. And you know what? I mean, I was, I was actually, when I was before the surgery, I was, I was, you know, doing leg presses, 125, 130 pounds. I went from that to, I couldn't even get up and walk on my own without wobbling. You know, two days after surgery, I, I thought, why do you think I look such a prick? <laughs> well, I mean, you, but you know, for the next 50 years or whatever it is, I mean, you're gonna, you're gonna have, uh, you know, hopefully you don't need the other one done. I, I expect you won't. No, no, thank um, God. We're we're keeping that yeah. one. We're keeping that one. Yeah, no, that one's in good shape. No, we're gonna keep that one safe. This was the moment. This is that that moment at a young age to get this thing done so that you don't have mobility issues and uh, you know you can live your life we talk so much with so many people about you know getting back to full strength getting back to your life and and you're, you're right there wow that's exactly um, what the doctor said he says get this done yeah. now and you will outlive i i got a striker implant he says you're going to outlive this implant 
yeah. because, you know, the life expectancy of the implant is, what, 30 to 35 years? He goes, eh, you won't need to do this again until you're, like, in your mid-80s or 90s. I'm like, at that point, I'm not doing this again. <laughs> well, you know, so another thing I'm is, done. is how, you know, you were, when you had the baby, you know, you gained weight, you lost the weight. Um, you, you're so active. You're so on top of things. You've got an active commute. I mean, you're going to keep that weight. If you have any extra, you'll lose the rest. I mean, if, if you can just maintain a slender you, uh, you're not going to put undue pressure onto that joint. And, yeah, you're going to dance and you're going to ski again. You're going to have fun. But, but you know, it, weight is the big thing that just presses on these joints that, you know, height, it, it sort of speeds up the need for a revision. Another joint, yes. you're not going to need that. I, I, just, I just have a sense that you've got this figured out. Um, well, we're, Thank you. This has been amazing. <laughs> this, is, this has been really fun. <laughs> this is a lot I, uh, of fun. <laughs> it's a great journey. You've taken us on this, this, this trip with you, uh, even though it, it probably seems like a year. It's really only three months, right? That I know. I, I keep thinking, wow. It, like you just said a minute ago, you, you wake up and say, wait, what? I had knee surgery. And I'm not there yet, but there are moments that I get up and I'm like, oh, wow, look, I can walk really well. I'm, I'm telling you, I'm walking without any type of limping. I'll tell you what, what, you know when I remember I had knee surgery, when I've been sitting down for, and I really can't sit for more than like yeah, about an hour at a time without having to just kind of get up and stretch a little bit, which is normal. That's when I remember I had the knee surgery because I'll get up and people will be like, you're limping. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just need to get my, my, you know, myself straightened out again. And, and then, okay, I'm, I'm good now. Um, so really that's right now, that's when I really, really, really feel it when I've been sitting. And I sit at a desk most of the day. So I, I get up frequently. I get up. I walk around. I'll go get some water, you know, take a walk around, you know, the office just to move the joint. So that's really when I feel it, honestly. We started our call thinking about the listener and the uh, you know, they're fearful, they're worried, maybe they're having trouble now, maybe they've already had a surgery. Um, what, what else, do you, do you have anything else to tell those, those people that may be considering having a, a knee done? Well, if, if, if it's mandatory, you, you don't have a choice. Uh, if you're at the point where, you know, it's so excruciatingly, excruciatingly uncomfortable for you, I recommend getting it done. And I'm going to be honest with you, it is a journey I don't care how old or what physical ability you have, you know, prior to the surgery. It's as much physical as it is mental, and you have to mentally prepare yourself for some temporary setbacks. But isn't, isn't that what life is all about, the challenges that we face? Mm-hmm. You know, you've got to remember you have a new joint in place of where you had your knee joint. Your muscles are going to be cut during surgery. You're going to have very little strength once you get out and once you get up and around again, and you'll have to learn relearn to walk and wake up the quads, the glutes, the hamstrings. However, you're doing the surgery for the hopes of having a normal life again going forward, and you will. But if I have some advice, and this is what I'm going to tell people having had it versus people who, you know, therapists will tell you you're going to do this, but they haven't had it, so they really don't know. Um, My number one advice is listen to your surgeon and listen to your therapist and listen to the professionals. Follow their advice to the letter. My second, very important, is do the work. Do your therapies no matter how painful or how hard it is. Okay? Do not lie in a bed all day unless it's medically advised to do so. Don't sit on the sofa or sit on an easy chair with your leg propped up. You've got to get up and walk. Walk 
is walking is very important. You've got to get those muscles back up there. If you don't, you can atrophy, you can get blood clots, infections, so many complications. You've got to get active. In order to get your mobility back, you have to get active. And if you can get the machine, the X10 machine, I highly, 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 highly recommend it. For me, it was the best supplement to my therapy. Um, it helped me transition to the next level in a very short period of time with very little discomfort, just like you guys say. I didn't believe it, but having done it, I do believe it. And I'm, this is not a paid endorsement. I do believe it. Um, I don't think I would have gone as far and as quickly as I've gone so fast without it. Um, you know, I'm presented with challenges every day. We all are. And, you know, at the beginning I woke up with pain and stiffness and I cursed the day I had the surgery. Um, but, I, you know, I just rose up to the challenge. You're going to have painful days. It's going to be difficult. But you've got to put in the hard work and you'll get through it. I promise, I promise you'll get through it. Um, and just when you think you can't, the next day you'll wake up or a few days later, and all of a sudden it's like, hey, I made it. Um, so even baby steps are steps in the right direction. And, you know, all the pain and discomfort and difficult moments, they're temporary. They're going to go away. I can't remember right now. I can't remember, you know, those, that first week after surgery because I've come so far and I've, I'm just taking away those negative, you know, memories. So you'll get there. Everybody will get there, I promise. Headspace. Headspace, absolutely. And, you know, and, and, it, and it's, it's impossible. Well, it may be possible for some very, very, very strong-willed, never-say-die people, and you sound kind of like one of those people, really. But, but you had help along the way with a physical therapist, a doctor that you love, and uh, Trisha in this case, and in the case of making a decision. And, you know, let's just lay credit where it needs to go because you decided to help yourself and go with a tool that your surgeon hadn't really heard of. I mean, you had to push this agenda a little bit. It didn't just I fall did. into your lap, right? Oh, this I, absolutely did. This, I guess I'll do that one. No, no, you had to go find it. God's yes, and then and then share it with your doctor and convince him. Like this is you did all that. I'm telling you, I did I did my research and I was able to you know give him him and my therapist. I had to give them you know all of the research that I discovered and make the argument for it. Not so much the therapist because she didn't sign off on it. He did, and he's you know he's he, his only caveat was don't give up the traditional therapy. Because go ahead and do it, and come back and report to me. Because I really want to hear about this. And when I see him, I'm, you have no idea what he's in, in for. But <laughs> um, I really, you know, I really, I have to tell you, it, it was, I'm, I can't even, you know, yes, I did a lot of work. It's not an overnight process. But you've got to have faith, you know, patience and faith in yourself and your team. Do the work. Do what they ask you to do. Keep up with it. Even if it's painful, I promise you'll get there. And, yes, you've got to get out of your head. You know, the way I look at it is I've already overcome 100% of my worst post-surgery days, you know. Yeah. Um, I'm not 100% where I need to be yet. It's only been 12 weeks. But, hey, I'm walking, I'm dancing, I'm swimming, I'm biking, I'm gymming, and um, I'm looking forward to many, many, many more milestones. Um, I think, you know, within six to nine months to a year, yes, I will wake up and be like, hey, did I have surgery? When was that? I will get there. Shout out to Dr. Alvarado if if you're listening, she's coming. <laughs> Look out, Maria's on her way. She's in Fire trouble. in her eyes. <laughs> I got that she fire in my eyes. 
<laughs> no, I was. I'm telling you, it was. Um, if I could say, listen, this is not the. I've had a few surgeries in my lifetime. This is not the funnest. This is actually the the worst. And and the fact that I couldn't just get up and go, like I've done in the past. Um, yeah, this was this was this was hard for me. This is one of my favorite interviews I've ever done. Honestly. Oh, thank you. Seriously, seriously, wow, you covered it. You did. I mean, it's a. Uh... Uh, thank you for the time and the energy and putting so much thought into your answers. Um, honestly, uh, we have done, you know, you, you're going to go back to work. I'm going to go back to work. Da, da, da. But guess what? We have just helped a whole bunch of people. Um, whether they end up on the X10 or not, we don't know that, right? But we, we right. know that you're giving them hope and uh, the knowledge and the, uh, the the fact that when you're down, don't get depressed and seek help and they may seek help with our machine they may seek help in other ways you know who knows where that would go but you've given them you know not just say hey yeah it was great three weeks and i was playing tennis you gave them a yeah i thought i was doing well had a problem had to pull myself up find solutions solve the problem here i am three months later feeling great that that's a that's a journey that i think a lot of people will benefit from so thank you Maria. No, thank you. And and really I awesome. honest to God, I that's exactly how I feel. I I'll tell you the good, the bad and the ugly. I'm very honest. I really hundred percent am. And if I can help even one person along this journey, then I feel like I'm so rewarded, like my job is done because again, everybody says, Yeah, yeah, you know, the surgeon pre surgery said, I'll have you dancing in six to eight weeks and I'm like, Yeah, right, you know, whatever. So I, I was looking forward to that. So, you know, at four to six weeks, I'm like, um, there's no dancing going on here. I don't feel like I'm dancing. I can barely move. What are you talking about? I'm dancing. You lied to me, you know. But, you know, it was a journey. It was definitely a journey. To learn more, visit X10Therapy.com, 1-855-910-5633. Just a reminder, it's a huge help if you subscribe to, rate, and review our podcast. It helps people find us. X10, back to full strength.